check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good day. You are tuned in to the Let's Talk About It podcast with your host, Kenneth Ray Coleman Jr. Don't forget the junior. We have a special guest in the building. We are on episode six, and this is entitled Triggers, Wounds, Scars, and Marks. What are we doing with them? We have a special guest in the building, Dr. Linda Harris. Uh, She is a speaker, an author, a certified uh, career coach that has been helping women spiritually for over 15 years. She is an entrepreneur and educate, I mean, an educator and serves in the community. She is passionate about promoting social justice, education, and women's equality. Dr. Harris founded Women's Rock Two, a nonprofit organization that helped women with homelessness, transitions, and domestic abuse. Their resources connect women to possibility. She is also an amazing author that has a book, Finding the Strength Within. It's the best journal and devotional for women of faith looking to grow and heal. She is a mother to Rodney Jr. and Raven Harris. And Dr. Harris is a proud member of Alpha Kappa Alpha and serves as a council member for diversity, equality, and inclusion at Fielding Graduate University. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me on this evening. I am delighted to share that which I know and impart what knowledge I have into others. Well, we welcome you and we, we thank you for blessing us with your presence. Um, it's been a while since we've seen each other. So how have you been doing? Um, you know, how have you been doing and feeling? I've been doing great, actually. And I, I can easily say for myself, the pandemic has taught me how to do everything in a new way. Mm. So you and I both know um, we actually met through our um, church Uh, affiliation. Right. So since we have not been in church, it's been so um, out of the norm for me because I'm a Southern girl, Southern Mm -hmm. belle. So we're the the Bible belt. And it's so unusual for me to, to not be in service. So I felt some kind of way, like many others, (laughs) to Mm -hmm. say the least. So I've been doing great. However, I've been, um, Growing into this new normal, which I can say easily that most have um, tried to um, get acclimated into what they know as their new normal and their new way of life. I like that. I like that growing into the new normal. Uh, That new normal is that key key word that everybody seems to be using, that, that newness that we don't even know what's on the next page or around the next corner. That's a little scary to say the least. Yes. So uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking about triggers, wounds, scars, and marks. And uh, the subtitle is, can we learn from them? So the first thing, if we can try to break these down, is how would you define um, a trigger, a wound, a scar, and or a mark? Like you can walk it down however you see fit. 
a trigger is something that that happens in the present moment, but is a product of a past pain. There are various forms of triggers. You have PTSD triggers, you have psychological triggers and emotional triggers. These are just some to just name a few. It's typically things we carry from our past pain. I, I like to put it like this. It's a place inside of you that becomes activated due to your past trauma, but it is activated by someone else's behavior or comments. So, so what's happening when someone is triggered, they're experiencing something in the present, but what happened in the present is not so much the issue, it's what has tapped into those past wounds at the present moment. Right. I like that. That's a good one. I had to write that note down. I'm sorry. I, I like that. I like that. Um, I'll send it to you. <laughs> thank, thank you ever so much. I'll be looking for that. Um, how would you categorize it or define what to mark? And the reason I ask that is because I've, I, I, I live by a quote and it says, <clears throat> um, leave a mark, not a scar. So a mark considered in my mind is something more of, it's a positive things, but I, a positive thing. But I want to know, how did you view that? How, do, how, do you, how would you define a mark? Well, I, I want to give this connection to a mark if, okay. if this will enlighten it. I love Maya Angelou. And what she said is people will forget what you did, what you said, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And, and I want to say a mark is something that a person has left upon you emotionally, that which would be more of a gratification and a feeling of, I guess, not so much as a pain, but more of a feeling of gratitude, uh, heartfelt sincerity, something that is warming to the heart, not something that would hurt the heart. Mm. I like that. I, I, we should have talked before. I mean, these definitions, I'm, I'm liking it. I'm like, I'm writing a little bit too much. Um, so uh, then, then let's, let's just touch on these real quick because I, I, I don't know how you feel about them, but I think they may be a little similar. But what is a wound or what is a scar? Well, I, I think both of them can be similar in nature. A wound, if you would think of it as, for instance, if you're, if you're ever hurt and you're wounded, that's going to cause you some pain, mm -hmm. as well as a scar, if you're ever wounded, it's going to leave a scar. So both of those will leave some type of pain or affliction to the body. So they're very similar in nature. I like, um, I was watching a movie. It was, uh, um, I wish I could think of it because I can't give the source. Um, but it was a movie and it said, don't be afraid of your scars because that's just a testament that healing has taken place there. And that's, that, that's something that I, I like about scars because on my hand, um, I don't know if you can see that. I don't know, but it's a, it's a scar that I've 
I had this when I was 10 years old and it's still a scar that helps me remember um, that something took place there. It doesn't give me any pain. It doesn't, um, it doesn't, you know, it's no negative kind. Um, how can I put it? It's no pain when I touch it, but I can remember it when I feel it because there's something there. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of times emotionally and mentally, we have scars that, um, that we can remember something is there, but it's how we react to it that tells us, is it a wound, something that still needs to be healed, or is it a scar, just something that has already, a healing has taken place there? Absolutely. So, so I like what you said about the scar in your hand, because oftentimes, you know, although I'm 50 years old, I look down at my leg and it reminds me of when I was a little girl, when I was trying to ride a bike mm -hmm. that I incidentally kind of fell off. So it left a permanent scar and a gash on my leg. Right. So oftentimes scars and wounds don't always have to re or connect to a certain type of pain. It could just be a, um, a thought or something that happened in the past and it doesn't always have to be negative. Right. Right. Do you think um, at times that we kind of blur the lines with them as far as like, we'll say a wound, a scar and, or a mark are all the same? Well, in relation or correlation, I think it's easy for us to connect them all to the same. Because if you're scarred, there's something that inflicted you. If you're wounded, something inflicted you. And if there's a wound, something inflicted you. It, it's just a matter of the emotional tie or the reaction of what it was after you were inflicted. And so I, I, um, would you say that it, it's, it's all about the perspective? And sometimes Absolutely. when we're in a healthy place, we can we can acknowledge more or better acknowledge something that is a mark or a wound or a scar. As far as sometimes when we're unhealthy, um, I've I, I this is something that I think about when I think of a trigger. I think a trigger is more to me, and I'm not not the um, technical definition. It's just something that I'm able to understand it by. But I think triggers are something that that are our wounds that we haven't did anything with. Like we haven't addressed it, we haven't dealt with it, we haven't even acknowledged it. So then when someone says something to us and when they do something to us, we don't even have time to react. I mean, we don't even have time to think, we just react off of it because it's like, oh, I, it hurts, it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for, for someone who is, has experienced emotional abuse, for example, may have an emotional meltdown during a present situation due to someone triggering their past emotional abuse that they have experienced. So knowing that individual background, you can better understand why that current encounter, encounter triggered them to react in such a way. Um, I'll be... Um, transparent for a moment, I think I, is there's, 
I wanted to give an example of one. Um, you can give me any example just to, to make it a little bit more plain if, if you can, as far as a trigger, a wound, a scar that will help the audience and myself also to better understand it or even acknowledge it. Well, I think for me, I was sharing in general, but I'd like to speak about me because I believe I am my sister, my brother's keeper. We just look different, but share similar tragedies. I have been emotional abused. So I began to realize something was wrong after I started paying attention to the occurrences because things happen that will trigger those triggers that you have that you know nothing about. Right. I, I love Eckhart Tolle. He talks about something called um, the pain body, which I like to correlate with a trigger. Different but similar in nature. A pain body is when the pain body is out of proportion to the triggering event. Basically, anything can happen and then the person explodes or is triggered. For instance, in my relationship after my divorce, I started realizing that I was overly sensitive and anything my boyfriend would say, I would get all emotional about the simplest things, you know? I realized I realized it more when I started counseling. Mm. I, I just want to pause here and say counseling is the bomb. Amen. Really Amen. Don't ever be ashamed to go to counseling. It is so worth it. I think in order to conquer anything, you must confront it. Right, right. And counseling was my way of confronting you know, my trigger plus addressing that I was dealing with past pain. So I was willing to live in peace emotionally <laughs> and decided this is what it is. And I needed help, basically. It was also happening on a regular basis, which is what caused me to notice it. And I was very accusatory of him when he addressed me in any manner whether it was loving or not, this was all due to my past abuse that caused me to be triggered emotionally. So sometimes if we were to just take inventory, you know, right. we would discover a little bit more each day about ourselves. I think um, that's the scary part about that self-inventory because, um, we are, we are afraid to look at ourselves naked, naked and unashamed. Like uh, Pastor Jones has that uh, book out and emotionally, spiritually, mentally, uh, we're scared to see what we really look like because if we really see what we've looked like, we have to, we can't put the filter on when, when we're, you know, just when we're naked, like when we're vulnerable, when we're open, like we can't put any filters on that. And that's just that uncomfortable spot. So that self inventory is scary because I had to do that. Also, I went to, um, I went to counseling and one of the examples of a wound that I have, um, is that I don't feel like I'm enough. I know that I am enough but I don't feel like it. And feelings are based on your circumstances and situations. So um, 
when I went to counseling, I was telling, you know, sharing some things with the counselor and she was like, well, when did you first start feeling like that? And I started and I was like, well, in this friendship or this friendship. And she was like, no, nah, that's that's like superficial. You know, tell me, like, think about it. She gave me an assignment and she just told me to go right. And when I first started feeling like this and the beginning of me feeling like that was actually when my biological father left. That was the seed that planted that I started like I feel like I wasn't enough. And my parents had got, I think they may have gotten a divorce when I was young, three or four years old. But as I was growing up and I have a wonderful, amazing uh, stepfather who I acknowledge as my biological father, been married for 30 plus years. Thank you. Um, But that was the seed that was planted when I felt like I wasn't enough. And then as I go through grammar school, high school and all this, and I'm, it's compounding because I've never taken the self inventory. And then I'm in a young adult years and I'm like, not only do I feel like I'm not enough, but back then I knew I wasn't enough. So I overcompensated in relationships. I overcompensated in friendships because I wanted you to pick me, choose me, you know, I'm better than all the other. And, and when I didn't get choose, it shut me down more. So that was that self inventory is scary because the work you have to put in once you see some scars and wounds and some triggers to try to heal, that's a, a lonely process. Well, it's all about the man in the mirror, you know. We really have to to own it. First, we have to speak it, we have to claim it, we have to own it. And then we have to do the work. So a lot of times we get stuck at that beginning. Right. Blaming it, saying that this is really what it is. So again, it's all about the man in the mirror. How, what, what made you, was there a specific event that made you start going to counseling or is this something that you just, it felt it in your spirit? Like, how did you get to that point? Well, I think for me, my divorce, being married for 25 years, I have to say it was such a rude awakening for me. Um, After my divorce, I realized that not only doing the research on divorce, but I realized I would be a couple of things. I would be bitter. I would be sad. I would be wounded. I would be hurt or I would be better. Okay. Okay. And at times when you're going through something that is very life changing, you and I both know there are so many emotions that you go through. You go through a grieving process. You go through a healing process. You go through an acceptance process. So all of these processes that you're actually thinking about in your mind. So it's, it's very overwhelming. So my divorce was the, the first thing that made me realize that, you know, Linda, you're, you're going to need some counseling here because I like this little saying that I've seen on social media. Um, You'll bleed on people that didn't cut you. Mm, come on now. Hamburger. 
So if we're not healed, Mm. we're subject to carry those things onto people that had nothing to do with our past pain, our hurt, or any affliction that we have encountered. Hamburger with sweet baby Ray sauce. Let me know your cash app so I can send a collection plate to you. (laughs) That was a... That was an unexpected one right there. They just, uh, ooh, hamburger. Okay, let me let me regroup. Let me regroup. Okay, um, so I, I want to touch on this just a little bit more as far as the counseling aspect because I'm a big proponent of it. Um, do you have like a misconception um, that you can share with the audience about going to counseling because it's kind of like a taboo in our community not to go? Well, I think. You know, even after doing research, it is a very disproportionate percentage of African-Americans that do not seek counseling. And I think this has a lot to do with generations, you know, when even my mother's mother, when she didn't feel some kind of way, she probably talked to her big mother. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So even my mom would talk to her mom and And if I felt some kind of way about my mom, I'm talking to my big mom, you know? So I think it's, it's been something that has generationally stifled, you know, just uh, stifled us as African-Americans. And it's not something that we run to as a part of bettering ourselves. So for me, the misconception is I can do this on my own. I can help myself. It's, it's, it's not true. It's not true at all. No matter what race you are, if you need counseling, you need counseling. Right. And I say people need counseling when things are out of control that they are not able to control within themselves. Right. Just like people that are alcoholics, you have alcoholic anonymous, right? Mm -hmm. Just like people that are drug abuse users, you have rehabilitation centers for them. For those of us that are emotionally abused, you have counselors. Those of us that are physically abused, you have counselors. Those of us that are psychologically unbalanced, you have psychiatrists. Right. I, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I think one of just the misconception is not even about counseling. I think we, we as a society have become so numb to our triggers, our wounds and our scars that that's our new normal or that's our normal. Like we don't mind spiritually walking with a limp or spiritually walking, um, with the pain in our side because we've been this way for so long. That's all we know. So going to get help, that's like, it's like a foreign language. It's like something that we are resistant to doing because we don't have a lot of good examples of the, the blessings and the benefits from going to counseling. I, I agree. I, I would like to say a misconception would be more so than not the person with the trigger, blaming the other person for triggering them. Instead, that person needs to look at themselves for what is really triggering them. 
most often people assume that the trigger was caused by the perpetrator, the person who did whatever occurred caused the trigger. It is so far from being factual. The person with the trigger needs to ask themselves some very important questions. Those questions would be, why do I feel this way? Why am I reacting to certain things negatively? And so forth. So the misconception for me would be, why would you blame someone else for your trigger? Yeah. I like that. I like that. Were um, has there been a time when you were maybe in denial or just ignored um, a trigger or a wound that you had? Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, totally in denial. You know who wants to to admit there's really something wrong with them, or other than those who are willing to say. At the time, yes, I admit I have triggers and or past pain that causes me to react a certain way. So many people, I feel out of touch with their emotions, as I have been. I truly believe until now, I have been living, as Bishop Jakes calls it, a heart place instead of a head place. Mm-hmm. Um, your emotions can give false pretenses. As you and I both know, perception is different to to each individual. So therefore, when you say something to me, another person can perceive perceive it differently. I I started praying this when I started counseling. Um, People may say, you know, speak over yourself, whatever it is. Um, I'm a spiritual being. So I said, Lord, Help me to control my emotions instead of allowing my emotions to control me. Mm-hmm. Being able to, to, to sense or be present, to know I'm experiencing that which I am and know the difference. When I tell you to master oneself is the hardest job <laughs> in the world, <laughs> it really is. Yeah, I think and. And then you compound that with all the other responsibilities that we have in life. Um, You know, a mother, father, a friend, a a significant other, worker, entrepreneur, like all these other things. And then I'm trying to get this right. I believe that's why so many people have so less patience for relationships. And I'm talking about romantic relationships, friendships, even on the business aspects, like our fuse is so short. Like we don't have a lot of tolerance when it, when it comes to relationship these days. Oh, wow. You're, you're talking about a, a whole nother book ten <laughs> chapters, and a whole nother podcast. <laughs> I'm just saying, and I think, you know, but I do, um, I know your time is, is, is limited, but I do want to ask a few more questions Mm-hmm. Um, how does someone start the healing process? Like, I think a lot of times we, we tell people, you know, go to counseling, do this, go do that. And, you know, but I think sometimes we leave out something practical that we can give somebody before they go make that appointment or before they, you know, go to the internet and search all these things. So what, what's one thing you would give one, uh, someone? Well, I I like the word practical because 
Well, first, I think with anything, you must admit there is something going wrong or is wrong. That's the first step in beginning to heal any situation in your life. You must first admit it, be present in it, and own it. I I would just like to share some simple steps that someone can take to begin the healing process. The first step is I love to journal all the time. So this is very practical. Mm -hmm. So once you begin to to realize that there is something wrong and it's, it's okay to journal it, write about what you are experiencing, write about what you are feeling emotionally and what caused you to feel that way. Be specific about the emotion you are experiencing. I like to say, call a thing a thing. <laughs> if it's what's happening, call it out. Or should I say at this point in this practical moment, write it out. Right. Then right. be present. Eckhart Tolle mentioned, we let our minds use us because we rarely use our minds. Most often, due to us not being present in the moment. Try to be aware of the triggers and and begin to be present about what's happening at that moment. Don't ignore it like most times we do or act as though it's not happening because trust me, it will happen again. And I'm a spiritual being. So when I first started my healing process, I... I began to speak over myself. I would say things like, Linda, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. You know, keep thou heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life, protecting my heart. You know, hide the word of God in thy heart so you might not sin against. So those things in the word of God really, really helped me. And then I think last but not least, I would say, Work with a therapist or a coach. It's, it's important that you seek guidance to, to help you find the root of the trigger and get help with processing the feelings that are involved. And I think also we're going to counseling. One of the things that is important is that don't give up after the first try. Sometimes you go to a counselor, you go to a, a person that's going to help and that person is not able to fulfill your need. It doesn't mean that everybody, it, it, just go try another one. Like go to a, if, if you go get your hair done and a lady don't do your hair well, that don't mean you're not going to get your hair done again. That just means you're going to go try somebody else. So that's the same way, you know, we have to do when it comes to, to counseling. You got to go to somebody who's going to fit your need, but also you got to know what you're going there for. And I think a lot of times people go to counseling blinded about what they really need. So they don't know. So they're, they're all over the place, if that makes sense. Well, it does make very good sense. But remember, this is a it's it's a it's a partnership. When you go to counseling, you're literally partnering with your therapist saying, I'm in this as much as you are in this willing to help me. So it's a partnership. And, and sometimes with anything else, the partner that you choose may not be the right one. So it's okay to choose a different one. It's okay to choose a different therapist. 
because the connection may not be there as well. Yep, I like that. And I want to give you about three questions. They're going to be rapid fire. Um, so it's just the first thing that, that comes to mind. Um, so when I say these, well, I'm, I'm going to have five questions, real simple, real painless, and then I'm going to let you go. So the first one, rapid fire, trigger, what comes to mind? Hurt. Wound. Feelings. Scar. Emotions. Mark. Pain. Your healing process. New beginnings. Amen. You can't beat that with a bat. We thank you. We thank you. And before I let you go, I just want to say, do you uh, want to give any, any, what, give, give us something that we could just leave with? Cause you gave us so many gems. I got to go back and listen about three or four times so I could write everything down. So give me one more deposit into my spirit, please. The, the last thing I want to say is that your triggers are past wounds that need to be healed. It's, it's very obvious especially if it's inflicting pain upon someone else as well as yourself. You don't want to go through life always being triggered by something. It is exhausting. Take it from me. It robs you of your relationship, your happiness, and your peace. Once you take the necessary steps to heal, there are new beginnings on the horizon for you. Amen. I like that. And if I can give one parting word, I would say that if you want to acknowledge a trigger, wound, or scar, go around somebody who hurt you and see how you react towards them. If your demeanor, your disposition, if it changes, then that means you're dealing with a trigger, wound, or a scar. And I'm not talking about you know, that being cordial to somebody, I'm talking about that. What are your inner thoughts when you see that person? Like there's been some times where I've seen some people in the grocery store and I went down the other aisle because I didn't want to talk to them. That's something that I know I got. I got some triggers or scars and wounds I have to deal with. And I say, so be present. I like what you said, be present. And I like to say, be honest with yourself so you can be honest with the folks around you. And if you're dealing with some triggers, some wounds or some scars, go get help because that ending, that process, the healing process is long, but it is so rewarding. Absolutely. And on that note, I thank you for blessing us. And I, I, I hope to have you in the near future on another podcast. Um, so I, I just thank you. And, you know, I admire you a, a, a great deal. So thank no, you. No, thank you so much for taking out the time for allowing me to share with you and so many others. All right. We are now at one of my favorite parts of the show, and that's the something to think about segment. This segment is being brought to you by We Are The Cheat Code. If you're interested in new games, new apparel, just something new that you can rock for this season, check out We Are The Cheat Code at www.st.com forward slash shop, forward slash the cheat code design. Again, it's 
Shopify.com forward slash shop forward slash the cheat code designs. All right, this episode, something to think about. It's going to be simple. We don't deserve someone amazing because of the decisions we made with bad relationships. We deserve someone amazing because we became whole, healed, grew, changed, and ready based on bad relationships. Again, we don't deserve someone amazing because of the decisions we made in bad relationships. We deserve someone amazing because we became whole, healed, we grew, we changed, and ready based on bad relationships. That's something to think about. I hope this episode you was able to get something from it. And until next time. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.